0: This is a Founding Media Podcast, produced at Austin Community College District. Welcome to Science in the Mall, y'all. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. Today on the show, we are sitting down with Alice McConnell of Sparigen. While she did not start out her work in biosciences, she found a very important reason to get involved. Spargen is a company committed to improving the lives of those with rare genetic neurological diseases, diseases that mostly impact children and diseases that are so rare they can be overlooked. Let's hear from Alice and how she started down this line of work. So here's one example of science happening in the mall, y'all. Today with us is Alice McConnell. Alice, thank you very much for being on the show. We are really excited to listen to your story and your journey. So I want to start off with the research that I did on your company, and I want to make sure I say the name right. Sperogen. Yes. Is it's a um, company that is a clinical stage uh, biopharmaceutical corporation, and you focus on rare diseases. Yes. I think that's really cool. Good. But the first question I have is what's the difference between a clinical stage and what's the other options?
1: Um, So you can be a preclinical stage company. First Mm -hmm. off, thank you so much for having me here today with you. Um, You can be a preclinical stage company or discovery where you're looking for molecules and proteins. And then from there you go and test it in animal models. Mm -hmm. And then after you have uh, toxicology and PK and PD done, then you can move into human studies. And so clinical stage means that you're in human studies.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So you're in that further along uh, we stage. We're
1: across the board. We have an in-silico modeling program mm-hmm. that looks at possible combinations of molecules to make compounds. Mm-hmm. We have preclinical work where we're doing work in the mouse model. Mm-hmm. And then we've licensed a, a drug that just finished a clinical stage wow. trial.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. What impresses me the most as I was reading um, your story, and your background, is that you're focused on rare diseases. Um, there's one in particular that you're focused on right now, and that's S-S-A-D-H.
1: Yeah, and if you can D? say it, I'll give you a giant prize.
0: Oh, I just use the British.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's aldehyde dehydrogenation deficiency.
0: Yeah, I would not have wanted Yeah, <laughs> it took
1: me um, two and a half months to be able to pronounce it, okay. so it's a, it's a mouthful. It's an inborn error of metabolism. So when babies are first born, mm-hmm. um, they stick their heel and take a few drops of blood Mm -hmm. and it dries on a Mm card, and then um it goes down to the lab here in austin and they test them for a host of metabolic disorders and so it's a metabolic disorder that could be tested for at birth but isn't because it doesn't have a treatment yet
0: oh wow and so you want to take me down the journey of 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 how you decided to go down that path
1: oh sure um so both my children have the disorder okay and so um
0: at what point did you learn about that
1: Uh, When Evie, my daughter, was born, Evelyn, we call her Evie, though, Mm -hmm. um, she had really poor muscle tone. Mm -hmm. And then she wasn't meeting her developmental milestones. And so we got, um, they call it the diagnostic odyssey. Mm -hmm. We got caught in this diagnostic odyssey because she wasn't tested for this particular disorder at birth. And so we over and over and over again heard from physicians saying, no, no, she doesn't have a metabolic disorder. They would have picked it up at birth. Mm -hmm. But at the time she was born, uh, Texas was only testing for eight disorders. And there's hundreds upon hundreds of metabolic disorders. And so we got tested for all of these different things. She went through two years of like um, intensive um, screening and testing for all of these things she didn't have. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was actually pregnant with my son, Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, They were only less than two years apart. So um, right after Jack was born, they did newborn screening. And so I go back to my pediatrician and I said, hey, they took my kiddo's blood right when he was first born. What are they testing for? And she's like, oh, they're testing for metabolic disorders. And so I go, well, let's test Evie again for all these different ones because I've been reading about how many there are. Uh-huh. And uh, she came back positive. Kay. And so um, it's an autosomal recessive disorder, which means each parent carries a mutation. Okay. If you're a carrier, there's no effect. But if you get two bad copies, Got it. then you get the disorder. So Kay. we, Jackie, our little guy, Jack, wasn't showing any signs at birth, mm-hmm. um, but we went ahead and had him tested two since it was genetic and he came back positive.
0: So. so you have you know, stake in the game, personal interest. Oh, yeah. They yeah.
1: live in my house. <laughs> so one day so I want, well, one, I want them to grow up and be healthy. Right, and right. then, two, I want them to move out and have productive, happy lives.
0: So, so let's talk about your um, background because mm-hmm. obviously not everyone can just like, oh, I'm going to go tackle this thing. So what was your passion? You can. <laughs> well, yes, I guess, yep. I guess you can. I, yeah. I stand corrected. But mm-hmm. let's talk about your background and your passion and how, how you decided I'm going to take charge and make this happen.
1: So my background, I'm a civil engineer, Mm -hmm. and so my specialization in school was structures. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Austin in 2000. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you were here at the time, but the it was just booming. And then, um, do you remember that Intel building downtown? Mm -hmm. And they just stopped building it halfway through. Mm -hmm. We were working on that project. Oh wow! And most structural firms are tiny little firms, and so um, it's usually like eight people. The ones I had worked at, Mm -hmm. and they're. We're having trouble making payroll, and they're like, you know, we don't know what's going to go on. So I moved over to infrastructure, Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the toll roads had started up here, and they were building a lot. Mm -hmm. And horizontal construction is so much easier than vertical construction. Um, But within doing um, infrastructure projects like highway, bridge, tunnel work, you bid it. For the state or mm-hmm. the federal government. And so um, the way my company is funded is extremely similar. And so we get NIH grants. Mm-hmm. And so the bidding process is very similar to submitting a grant application. I see. And then down to how you have to keep timesheets yep. is almost exactly the same. Oh, wow. Well for federal highway projects in NIH work. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was just a skill set that I was able to move over. Mm-hmm. And then um, the last time I think I took biology was in my freshman year of college. Yeah. And it was like biology for people that will never need biology ever again. It was just a right. requirement. So I actually have note cards in my car yeah. of terms that I hear when I'm on <laughs> conference calls and I write them down okay. and I put the definition on the back yeah. and then I just flip through them and... Um, yeah, and so that's how I learned the language.
0: Yeah, what's fascinating to me is you were in a completely different industry, engineer nonetheless, though. So, mm-hmm. so engineer, problem solving. Yeah, like it's a, It just teaches
1: it's, you how to uh, take a large problem and break it down into uh, steps. Right, and so um, yeah.
0: And so you went from that into a completely different, you know, science, right? Yeah. And and um, was there intimidation there? Was there like? What was the the reason? It was just you couldn't find
1: Um, solutions? So they were doing research. And Mm -hmm. so the disease, uh, the disorder was discovered in the early 80s. And then um, we have excellent researchers Mm -hmm. um, at the universities, and they had been doing research for a really long time. Um, But nobody was looking beyond that. And how are we going to commercialize a treatment for this disorder? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's where I stepped in because it was – Being a small disorder, Mm -hmm. we often have companies come to us and say, I call it molecule shopping. Mm -hmm. They're like, we have a molecule, we think it might work with your disorder. And um, they would get our patient group really excited uh, we have an online patient group, a private one, okay. and you could see everybody's hope just swell up. As no. They're like, we're going to have you in a phase one trial in 18 months and this and that. And then they would ask for money from our patient association to say, you know, if you give us funding, we'll do animal work in the mo- with our molecule. And, um, and then something would go wrong because most drugs don't work. Oh, and then um, they would ghost us. And then you would just see all the hope like crush in yeah. from all the families mm-hmm. and um, I didn't like seeing that. And so I went out and I was like, well I'm gonna start controlling our IP, intellectual property mm-hmm. because that's where um, you get a seat at the table. And so um, by going out and collecting all the intellectual property around the disorder, mm-hmm. then it gives us a true voice. The wow. patient's a true voice.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then you just made the leap. Collect the IP.
1: Yeah. So go go and license in the intellectual property, Mm -hmm. and then um, we got funded through um, the NIH has a really good program. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a a STTR, which is part of their um, small business innovation research grants. Mm -hmm. But with this one, you get to pair with universities, and so we have the science at the university, and then um, it lets us fund our small business and keep the research going.
0: I think so. it's fascinating how you took something that you saw really a need for that wasn't being solved. You're like, let me go do something about mm-hmm. this versus let me just wait. And this is some people you know, just, yeah. there's no solution. They just kind of sit.
1: There are, there's wait. people that, then there's people that, yeah, there's people that throw their hands up and say, this is what it is. Yeah. But, um, there's also people, um, like not even in our patient group or any relation to me or anything, Mm -hmm. Um, this disorder brings people out of the woodwork. And so there's no way I could have done this and our patient group could have done this without like so many people giving us their time and um, teaching me along the way. Like it's been like going to graduate school, just not in graduate school. And so I've had so many mentors and so many people that have given me their time and uh, advice so freely.
0: So. Just a learning journey. Yeah. The thing that, as I was reading more on the story, um, intrigued me was that there's a lot of people that have this disease they don't know. It's yes. Can you talk a little bit about it's
1: that? It's highly underdiagnosed mm-hmm. or misdiagnosed, and so um, the the phenotype is um, how the disease presents Mm. is extremely broad. So we have it from children in wheelchairs that have multiple seizures a day, Mm -hmm. up to children that may have a speech impairment and a mild learning disability. Um, And so it's very, very broad. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of, almost all of our kids have behavioral issues, mm-hmm. uh, ADHD and OCD, and um, they have some autistic features. Mm-hmm. So a lot of children get um, diagnosed with autism, mm-hmm. and the parents think that is the diagnosis, and they don't go look for the underlying genetic cause, okay. um, because it's like presenting with a headache. And so hundreds and hundreds of things could cause your headache. And so different things can cause their symptoms, Mm -hmm. but you usually just get a developmental delay or autism diagnosis, and parents don't know to go beyond that. So um, we've done a lot of work getting on all of the next-generation sequence panel Mm tests for intellectual disability, seizures, ataxia, which is when people have a hard time moving their bodies, Mm -hmm. and... just general developmental delays, and so we're seeing our diagnostic rate go up.
0: Wow! Yeah. Well, oh, congratulations on all this. I was Thank as you. I was re- back reading your backstory. I was like, yeah. just wow. I was I and, was really um, impressed with with all the work that you're doing. The key
1: for us is to get our newborn screening, and so the way newborn screening works mm-hmm. is you need to have a uh, treatment a viable therapy before you can be on Got the it. test panel. Okay. But to get a therapy, you need a cohort, a large group of patients diagnosed, mm-hmm. so you can get them through a clinical trial okay. to get a therapy. So if you don't have enough patients diagnosed, you can't get a drug, because you can't fill a clinical trial. Without filling a clinical trial, you can't get on newborn screening. Um, <laughs> it's like the chicken or the egg. It is, it's, it's a catch something. 22. Yeah. And so we went back um, with the help of Baylor and looked through a lot of genetic databases to see the carrier rates. Mm-hmm. and. From then we were able to project out, we should have between 1 and 2,000 patients in the US with the disorder. Oh. And we now have less than 70 diagnosed. So there's a lot of people out there that have the disorder um, and don't know it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um- What's the next five years look like for you?
1: Um the next five years. You You
0: mean to the talk? next five days? Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> does
1: the next Jordan? five days okay. look like
0: for yeah. me? Yeah.
1: Um so the drug that we licensed in has completed the trial. Mm-hmm. Um it was won through a grant mm-hmm. before Spurgeon was ever even started, before okay. my children were diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um with our lead researcher, Dr. Gibson, Mm -hmm. and um, NINDS, which is the Institute for Neurological Disease and Stroke. And so that trial has completed, and we're waiting for the results to be published. Mm -hmm. And um, we are hopeful because we had 16... Um, people complete that trial, and it was double-blind crossover placebo control. Mm-hmm. So everybody was on drug, and everybody received the placebo. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, that was a, over 30% of our patient population was in the trial, mm-hmm. which you would never hear of 30% of people with asthma going in and um, participating in a study. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually a repurposed drug, and so all the safety and toxicology was already done on it, mm-hmm. Um when it was tested in other disorders in the 90s. And so the profile of the drug looks really good. So we're very hopeful that if the trial shows positive, that we'll go for the new drug application with the FDA Mm -hmm. um, as soon as we get the results of that trial. And then um, I'm really excited because we've started enzyme replacement therapy. So the children are missing an enzyme Mm -hmm. and um, they don't break down GABA. And so instead of breaking down GABA, this other chemical comes in that replaces the enzyme that they're missing, and it makes an offshoot chemical, GHB. Can you,
0: you, uh, for the audience, and for myself as well, explain what GABA is?
1: Um, GABA is a neurotransmitter in your body, Mm -hmm. and it's the major regulator of muscle tone. Okay. And so… uh, our children are really lax. They're like noodles. Mm -hmm. And then they have a really high level of GABA in their system. And then they're depleted in glutamate, which is one step up from there. But the real problem with this disorder is we believe as GABA gets broken down, they're missing the enzyme that properly breaks it down. Okay. So another molecule comes in and breaks it down into a chemical called GHB. Okay. And everybody would know of GHB as the date rape drug of the 90s. Okay. And it's what people spike drinks with. Um, mm-hmm. They call it liquid X2. It's okay. a party drug. Okay. So all of us make a tiny bit of it, but mm-hmm. our kiddos make like a thousand times what a typical person would have in their body. So imagine if you're like trying to get through your day yeah, and maybe. you just... are jacked up on a club drug all the time wow. and you're a little kid wow. and your teacher's trying to make you sit mm-hmm. and um like you're trapped in a fog and wow. so it's uh, our kiddos do a lot of hard work yeah. <laughs> people don't always see it because yeah. they're locked in yeah. but just for them to sit requires a great amount of effort
0: yeah and so. and so this drug now going back to what this drug does yes. is it Lowers the GHB?
1: Um, no. So this drug that's currently in trial oh. is a GABA-B antagonist. And so I like to think of your receptor as like um, a hole. Mm-hmm. And so different things combine to it. And so both GABA and GHB like to bind to the GABA-B receptor, Mm -hmm. which causes like a cascade of overreaction in the body. Mm -hmm. And this drug sits on top of it.
0: Okay, so it blocks it.
1: Yeah, it has a higher binding affinity Mm -hmm. than either uh, GABA or GHB does, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't activate um, when it makes contact. So it's just like a little cover that sits over the top of it. Mm -hmm. And then your body processes the other metabolites um, without you having to react to them.
0: So, what is your hope for this drug? Is it, is this, is this? Because it does that, is mm-hmm. this going to enable for growth and less, less the GHB? Um, or we what does that hope
1: do? that it keeps them healthy and mm-hmm. reduces the seizure activity. Okay. Um, we saw in the mouse model that it normalizes the EEGs. Um, most of our kiddos die from sudden unexpected death in epilepsy. Okay. Okay. And so um, parents will walk in in the morning and their child won't be awake in their bed. Wow. And so... Um, and so this would
0: be big. This would be big if it does that.
1: Yeah, if it just does that, mm-hmm. that would be huge. Uh, That's that. Um, have you know have your kids make it through puberty is a rough time for our kids, and I know it's a rough time for yeah. most people. Yeah. But like when you walk in in the morning and your pubescent yells at you saying "Leave me alone, let me sleep," yeah. it is but we're in a different ball field where we're like we hope you wake up, right? And so um, yeah, if it it's just this drug, um, we hope it shows improvement in behavior and then normalizes their um, uh, seizure activity, mm-hmm. um, and then it's an entry. So once you have one drug. In a disorder, you become more attractive to larger companies and so um, and then that'll bring in more funding for us to work on the enzyme replacement therapy and then once we have that drug it'll open the possibility for us to be on newborn screening and so we'll start getting our true prevalence known uh-huh. and so we just we just need to make a crack in something <laughs> to get in and yeah. then the world opens up to us yeah
0: no that's amazing I'm, yeah. I congratulate you for all the hard work I know it's just listening to you I'm just my mind is just blown yeah. by. but
1: it's not just me like it was right. there's yeah. so many people People that have been working on this mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. and people not even related to the disorder that have given so much for it. And so I just like to collect things and make spreadsheets. <laughs> and so I like,
0: yeah, I'm an engineer. I like pretty to much, like
1: I go to these big conferences and everybody's mingling around. I'm like, can I just sit in the back and make a spreadsheet? And like, <laughs> can I just solve your problem for you instead of like having to talk about it? I can just tell you the answer. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: that's really cool. Yeah,
1: that's just what, I, what how I look at things.
0: Tell me about your experience building a business because it's one thing to like go attack a problem. Problem, but then second is oh, like, let me yeah. go build a business. And what, the
1: administration <laughs> is horrible. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably not what your people want No, that's, fine. No,
0: that's fine. We want to know the good and the it, other. Yeah. Because it's,
1: when um, people,
0: um, you know, essentially see other people chasing their dream, they have to know what's all involved. Yes. It's not all roses.
1: So it is partly good. Like mm-hmm. my kids don't know I work. Right. And so I'm there for pickup every day after school. Mm-hmm. I take them to therapy every day. Um, you know, we play on the weekends. They, they don't they don't know that mommy works. And okay. so um, it does give me a ton of flexibility. You know, like they go to bed at 730 mm-hmm. and then I can work till midnight. Right. And then um, we work with Europe and the West Coast and the East Coast. And so time zones are all over the place. And yep. so it gives me a lot of ease with that. Um doing work through the NIH, you have to keep your company registered with five or six different entities, which is a lot of work. Um, and then um, you're required to keep de- very detailed timesheets, and um, you have a lot of accounting, which is good because you're using government money and right. you should be accountable right. for it. And then um, – yeah, payroll taxes, all of those things take all a of lot. All those things that
0: you didn't sign up for to board be board a civil these. engineer.
1: <laughs> no, actually, you do. They trick you in school, and they do think they? you're going to be making like these big, beautiful bridges that span these amazing waterways. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're doing accounting and timesheets and, and billable hours, and all of that. So, okay. so, all of that is still there. But um, this is better than engineering, I believe, because you get to talk to a lot more interesting people, yeah. and so
0: and make some real change. I mean, not that yeah. no, obviously.
1: you do get to make real change. But yeah. I always joke I can always go back to being a civil engineer unless gravity changes or we get flying cars, because it's pretty much <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, and this is really dynamic, and um, you get to choose your own pathway. You get to make a lot of decisions yourself, good and bad, mm-hmm. and. Um,
0: the yeah. bug stops with you.
1: The bug stops with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think of oh gosh, I'm paying all these people's mortgages. Yeah, and all these things. It's so. it's
0: it's one of those things that a lot of times. People don't understand that a business is an entity and it grows. Yes. And as it grows, it pulls more from you. So mm-hmm. as you start hiring people, you need – you know, you yeah. start hiring salespeople or other just yeah. anybody. They need training and there's mm-hmm. payroll and there's all kinds of – Yeah. You know, days and off then you and, can
1: also get scope creep so easily mm-hmm. too. People come in like, oh, I want to pick up this project and I want to do this and I want to do that. And you're like, no, we are narrowly – we are narrowly focused company. Like this is the problem we mm-hmm. want to solve. Right. And so um, it's not – some people go into business to make money or yeah. other things, you know. We just want to make sure these kiddos live and have good lives. So.
0: Well, in my experience, it's those businesses that are dri- driven by passion mm-hmm. that turn out to have a lot of success because they're the ones that you get up for at 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. and do certain things because, oh, I've got yeah. an answer and i have got to go do that. So Yeah. Um, as you know this the the show is science in a Mall, y'all oh, and yeah. we uh, are all celebrating the things that are done over at ACC mm-hmm. the Biosciences incubator yeah. um, how has that helped you or what or- Oh, a ton. Yeah. Could you explain? explain <laughs> um, what, So what
1: before Speargen started, um, ACC was just starting up the bioscience incubator. So we were lending, renting lab space mm-hmm. um, through another company mm-hmm. here in Austin. And then when ACC opened up their space, it's brand new, beautiful, wet lab space, and there's no other in Austin like it. And so um, just the equipment there alone, um, there's no way we could afford all that equipment. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's nice because the benches are all um, – there's six in a room, and so you can – The benches is where everybody works, Mm -hmm. where our scientists work. And so there's a lot of collaboration. And um, they're really, like, their focus is not on the exact science you do, but helping you be a better company at what you do. And so they're always looking to connect you and promote you and give you opportunities that you wouldn't know of if you were outside the incubator.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. When I first uh, met Nancy over there, I, I mm-hmm. was just blown away by the, I did the tour. And I was yeah. blown away by all the equipment, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And and what a great thing because in Austin we we're and of course in the U.S. we're used to these co-working spaces mm-hmm. all over you know the city. Yeah. But this is like co-working for science. Yes. And they've got all the equipment. Yeah. Need, so and I thought that was it really is. cool from um, mm-hmm. equipment and not having to spend and makes things more efficient. It does. Uh, but also, as you pointed out the the relationships you build uh, yeah. with with both them and other scientists that's and, what it's all about yeah networks
1: getting a relationship and getting a network so mm-hmm. when something comes along and you have a problem you know who to go to um,
0: yeah support systems it really for is. sure yeah. so let's say um, you are able to get the drug out and you work on the this second part which was uh-huh. the enzymes some, yeah. replacement and that goes well what's next for you.
1: Um, after this, mm-hmm. like after like all the children are found with this disorder. <laughs> And they're all healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do in my 70s? No, okay, so, so it's not going to take that long. No, it's that long. No, no, it's like, no. This
0: is rare diseases, and I'm just kind of wondering what other things are on your radar, if, if anything. Oh, you no. Might no be there's so.
1: plenty of. Um, uh, I love nutrition and mm-hmm. um, exercise and those things, and I just think so much could be done to benefit people um, just. I know we're a drug company and we make drugs, but there's so much that can be done without drugs yeah. just to make people healthier. And so um, oh, so uh, my kids getting diagnosed pretty much cracked my world open. Right. And so before that, you know, I was very like, yeah, I was just an engineer. And was like, right. you know, like everything works. Everything's fine. You can put it in order. It's all mechanical. Yeah. That is not how life is whatsoever. No. And so um, I really got into exercise and nutrition and yeah. yoga and meditation and all of that. And um, that's what helped me get through all of this. I love
0: that. I, I um, often tell young entrepreneurs as they're thinking about taking the yeah. leap, there's a lot of advice out there. But um, it is just trust the journey. It will yeah. open up for you.
1: Practice and everything will come.
0: Yeah. Every, it'll it will open up for you. Sometimes you're yeah. not. You're building bridges, and the next thing you do, you're so, you're building a drug, yeah. and and that's not random. That's just that's just mm-hmm. the way life is unfolded. Yes, and I. But you have
1: to see it. Yeah,
0: I do yes. believe the, and you have to be open to it.
1: You have to be open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do it's believe that
0: universe uh, provides us all an opportunity if uh-huh. we have our eyes open and say yes. Yes. Right. And yeah.
1: Be careful what you say, because the universe will give it to you. <laughs>
0: exactly. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you're you. like, oh
1: shoot, universe! <laughs> I did not mean that. I was having a bad just day. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh so, yes,
0: it but is. no. It's it's it's. Um, I've I've experienced the same thing in my career. Mm-hmm. I had a wealth management background, and I really enjoyed that for a, a good time being. I still help certain clients on that, yeah. but during that, the opportunity for me was to open up and teach people that you can chase your dreams oh, and yeah. let's go interview people that are actually doing that, yeah. and 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 take the permission for ourselves to do mm-hmm. the same thing. And yeah. I think that was my calling, and I just said yes and kept going and. I enjoy it so so much. Yeah. For me, it's what impact can we have on the world now? Yeah. It's not about, when you said this earlier, it's not about making money so much. Mm. Uh, at one point, I think when we we're younger, that's what is there. You go is. to school, you're yeah. debt and, you know, i got to make this much money. Yeah. But then we grow to a certain point And then it's like, okay, how yeah. can I, what's I my legacy? I
1: found that um, this company really does attract people um, not so much like that, we're hired. We have great people that work for us, but people from outside that are higher up and have had their careers mm-hmm. that want more purpose and meaning. Yes. And so they just come to us and um, help us immensely um, because it's fulfilling to
0: them. Yeah. And so, and when you yeah. find something that's your purpose, but it's also fulfilling for others and people can get behind, yeah. it's just a wonderful way to live your life. As hard of work as it is, yeah. you, you also get up the next day because you know you're making yeah. a difference. It's not
1: an easy life, but mm-hmm. it's a lived life. Yeah. And so, like, uh, yeah, an easy life isn't a lived life. Yeah. So, I like um, that. People, yeah, people just come to us. And so.
0: So, part of our listenership is going to be students that are trying to figure out what they want to do and some young entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. some scientists, some not scientists. Um, What would be your advice based on what you've learned to them?
1: Um, My advice is I know nothing and I'm open to learning because going into this, I knew nothing. Mm -hmm. And so you have to get over the fear of saying, um, like I was perfectly competent in my Mm -hmm. last career, but to come into this and say, I actually don't know what I'm doing. Could you please teach me what you know? Mm -hmm. And um, up until a point, you can do that. But you really have to listen to people. And um, people have a lot to give. And so just taking in what they have to give you is uh, a big deal.
0: So it's a humbling experience That's what I've heard
1: uh no it wasn't humbling at all it was um it was a great like opening mm-hmm. um to learn new things that you never would have learned right. if you were blocked off right. and thought you knew what you were doing exactly. and so if you go in and say i have no clue what i'm yeah. doing yeah, yeah. um you have all this to learn and, and, maybe might, and you do I a mis- better job
0: misphrase so. that maybe i should have said you've got to be humble and, and ask yes. for help yes you have yeah. to be
1: humble and ask for help yeah, um,
0: yeah. And, and know that people will be there and do that.
1: Oh yeah, people will do it. People love like that's one thing that I've learned through all of this. People mm-hmm. love to share what they know, mm-hmm. and then they like to see it grow in mm-hmm. other people. And so, um, yeah, just be really open to taking advice, good and bad. Like, have your own um, inner wheel that steers you in the right direction because people will give you terrible advice sometimes. <laughs> yes. But just have a good gauge and say that is bad. Um, that's not what I want. And then have it when people do open up and share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, take their advice because uh, it's worth so much. They have so much experience behind them that you don't have.
0: And that's how knowledge grows from one generation to the next, is just passing on stories and knowledge and training other people. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how all of history we've learned in the Oh, yeah, Yeah,
1: sitting around the fire telling stories.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show. I learned so much and I appreciate everything that you're doing. It really is inspiring and I hope the audience gets as much inspiration as I did.
1: Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Sure. Thank you again, Alice, for telling us your personal story on the show and for sharing the important work of Sparogen. If you'd like to learn more about Sparogen, there is a link in the show notes. Science in the Mall, y'all is created in partnership between founding media and Austin community college bioscience incubator. To learn more about the ACC Bioscience Incubator, please visit the link in our show notes.